When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, we're going to review some headlines. We're going to talk about training camp and all the practices. We're going to talk about the upcoming game against the Packers. And we're also going to welcome in friend of the show, Chris White, also known as Slider Art. And he's going to talk about the Bengals' offseason moves and give his thoughts on the upcoming 2023 Bengals season. This is Zaire Johnson, and you are listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Cincinnati Bengals fans, I would like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. Training camp is in full swing. We have the roster battles, the depth chart. We're practicing against the Packers. And in two days, we're going to have our first Bengal game. And then we're going to have Bengals pretty much every week until February. Think about it. 17 games, three preseason games, a bye week. That's 21 weeks right there. You go through a couple rounds of the playoffs. You go to the Super Bowl. If all goes well, that's going to be 26 weeks of consecutive Bengals. And we wear the ring after 26 weeks. A half of year of nonstop Cincinnati Bengals. It is here. This is what we live for. And it is upon us. All right, so it's been a hot minute since I got to talk to you guys about the Bengals. I've had great guests on for the last four weeks. I mean, we've had the author of the Joe Burrow book, Scott Burson. We've had Bengal Jim Foster, one of the top fans out there, given his take on all the tailgates and the schedule. We've had old friend Sands on the show, who's an absolute football savant. And then we had Joe Daneman from Fox 19 Cincinnati. It's been a really good run, a lot of great guests. And now it's time for me to talk a little bit about the team. In those episodes, I'm asking these guys all these questions, and it feels good to bring back my takes again because, like I said, it's been a while, and I live to talk about the Bengals. So I'm back. Here we are. We're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about Joe Burrow. We're going to talk about training camp. We're going to talk about the Packers game. So much going on right now. So let's get started. All right, so let's start it off by talking about Joe Burrow. So the Joe Burrow injury to the calf was a major thing. You know, all of us kind of held our breath when it happened. When you see your franchise quarterback, your leader, the best player possibly in franchise history pull up on the second day of training camp and start limping. Actually, I was eating lunch on my deck when it happened. I heard the news, and I gave out a loud yell like, No! And I'm sure people heard me for about a block or two away because it was that shocking when they were like, oh, yeah, there was an injury to someone in the Cincinnati Bengals camp. You never want to see that. And I was like, who got hurt? I'm like, Is it, was it Chase? Like, I'm thinking, I mean, that would be ultimately horrible. And when they said Joe Burrow, I was just like, oh, man, I just yelled out the word no. So anyway, he's injured for a little bit. We've seen this story before. He's not been able to practice through training camp. And he comes in and he leads us to great things. So I'm not really worried about it. It's almost like... I know you want to see him get the work in, but at least he's not going to get any other weird kind of injury. It's a calf. It can linger for a while. You know, they're saying initially, what, three to six weeks. I'm thinking it's going to take him right up to preparation for the first week of the season. So we're not going to see him in the preseason. We're not going to see him play in the preseason games, nor was he anyway, probably. But now we're going to wait, and the week before the Browns game, Joe Burrow's going to return to practice. He's going to have a fat contract. And he's going to guide us through a normal Joe Burrow season. And it's a shame because he had such a great first practice and he was looking forward to finally having a normal training camp because, as we know, the first three of his career got taken away. 
it's not a major deal. He's going to be fine, and he's still going to have probably his best season in stripes. So I'm not concerned about that. So the next thing about Joe Burrow was the body armor endorsement. He made that really good video with the barstool guy who's really funny, brought out some of Joe's personality. You can see he was a little nervous. That's not really his thing. He's all about football, not about comedy, but he played along. He looked cool in the video, and now he's got a big endorsement deal under his belt. And this is going to be the first of many. He doesn't want to get distracted with too many things. You know, I'm waiting for Nike to come along and all, and all the big things, and I'm sure those will be coming in time if they haven't been offered to him already. But he's patient, you know, taking a nice profitable endorsement here, not getting too distracted, not being Mr. Hollywood, being Mr. Football. So it bodes well, and congratulations, Joe Burrow. Make that money. Make a ton of money. You're going to get a fat contract from us. It's nice to see you got a nice endorsement deal, and this will be the first of many, even though he's a little reluctant. He's like the reluctant star, but that's okay. I want a guy who's all about football. Another thing on Burrow, recent interview, he's signing autographs for fans for a while after practice, I guess, and he was questioned about it, and he was like, I'm surprised that people pay so much attention to me. I'm just a guy. And I just can't even go into how endearing that is. He comes in, he changes the franchise, one of the best players in our history. Everyone wants to be around him. He wears a heavy crown, as I've said before. And instead of being Mr. Hotshot, Mr. I'm too good for the common people, he's kind of surprised at the attention that he's getting. And he says, hey, I'm just a guy. I can't even describe how much more likable that makes him and how much more cool that makes him. And it was hard to get cooler than Joe Burrow is right now. Next on Burrow, the contract situation. Don't fret. It's coming before the season starts, and it will be the record-breaking contract. It's going to be a bigger contract than Herbert. I think Herbert's getting about $55 million. Look for Burrow to be above that and near 60, even though everyone's talking about him taking a team-friendly deal so they can sign Higgins, etc., etc. The deal is Joe Burrow is going to get the richest contract in NFL history, and the Bengals are going to find a way to keep Higgins and Chase and DJ Reader and just continue on. Some people are going to go out the door, and that's why we're getting younger at certain positions. Maybe that's a reason for the Miles Murphy pick. Maybe that's a reason why they're getting younger at corner. You know, some guys are going to be odd man out. Maybe that's why they gave Mixon a pay cut. There's a whole bunch of factors that play in, but this organization has been run very well recently, and for a long time. They're not going to let the big three go. They know that that is the key to their success. Burrow, Higgins, and Chase. So don't worry about it. Joe Burrow is going to get the max money. He's going to be friendly towards the team, but he's still going to get that big contract. And the big three will be in stripes for the long term. Last thing on Burrow, rated number six on the NFL Top 100. I don't care about the NFL Top 100. I don't even watch the show. And I'm a junkie for anything NFL. And when they put up the NFL Top 100, I could care less about it. We don't get the respect. I mean, Chase at 39, him and Burrow basically took us to the Super Bowl two years ago. I know Chase missed a little bit of time last year, so maybe that's one of the reasons why he fell a little bit. But man, Chase isn't the top 10 player in the league right now. I know there's a lot of players, a lot of positions, a lot of things to go around. But 39 is a real slap in the face to Chase. And number six is a slap in the face to Joe Burrow. Think about the most valuable players in football. I guess you got to give Mahomes number one right now. I'm not going to be that much of a homer. But you got to give Joe Burrow number two. Those guys got to get it right. But you know the reality? I don't care about that. I don't care about PFF. I don't care about the NFL's top 100. I care about me watching Bengal games and seeing Joe Burrow succeed and this team win like it never has before and this team be a threat to beat any team anywhere. Go into Kansas City, beat them. Go into Buffalo in the snow, beat them. When you have someone like this, you can win any game at any time. So I don't care about these rankings. Joe Burrow has changed everything, and he is the best player in franchise history and the best player in the NFL. All right, I guess that's enough of a love fest for Joe Burrow, but I've been watching this team for 47 years, and he has changed everything in the short time he's been here. So that's why I get so excited for this. I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, Ken Anderson was a superstar. When Boomer came, it was like, wow, we have another great quarterback. You know, we went to a Super Bowl there. Definitely exciting times. Carson Palmer comes in, and we have, you know, one of the best arms in the league. There's been a lot of great times as Bengal fans. The Andy Dalton years going to all those playoffs in a row. But there's been nothing like this. There's been nothing that is like, we're the best team 
every time we step on the field. So that's my, I guess, love affair with Joe Burrow, for lack of better words. And it doesn't hurt that he's a really cool guy and a really humble guy and a really hardworking guy that's not cocky and doesn't seek stardom. All right, I'm going overboard on Joe Burrow. It's been a while since I got to talk to you guys. So there's about 10 minutes on why Joe Burrow is the greatest. All right, so some other stuff. Mr. Brown had his annual press conference the day before training camp. I know I'm going back a week or two, but he talked about just wanting to hold the Lombardi for two seconds and then pass it over to his coach, you know, the guys who are in the trenches every day. But as a man who has dedicated his life to football and being 88 years old, seeing the Bengals form, seeing his father change football, seeing the highs and the lows of this team and just... You know, we're fans and we're hardcore into it, but this has been this man's life for 70-some-odd years. And all he says is, I just want to hold that Lombardi for two seconds just to to put a cap on my life. And then he'll gladly pass it off. And I think those were profound words. I think they were cool and humble words. And please, let's get Mr. Brown that Lombardi. He deserves it. It's a life spent on football, and it's a life spent on the Bengals. He talked about the difficulty in signing the big three, and that makes sense. You don't want to tip your hand and say, yeah, we're going to do everything we can to sign these three. You know, he's never one that speaks out of turn. Everything is pretty thought out and controlled and rational. So I understand why he wasn't going to just please the fans and say, yes, Burrow Chase Higgins, we're going to keep them all here for 10 years at $10 billion. So I know that worried a lot of fans, but I wouldn't put too much into that. They're keeping those three guys. And as you can see, Mr. Brown is getting older. He's traveling less. He's probably not going to make a lot of long road trips. He wasn't able to go to Canton to see Mr. Riley. So you know he's getting up there in years. So now's the time to get him that ring that he deserves. He's stepping away from the operations, as, as he kind of has been for the last few years. And Miss Blackburn's been taking over. And we're seeing the impact of Elizabeth Blackburn and Caroline Blackburn. And Mr. Brown drew attention to that. These family members are making this organization better. And as I said, Elizabeth Blackburn is bringing this team into the new century. She's just roaring right in to modern times. Thank you, Elizabeth, and thank you, Caroline. So they announced the uniforms for the season. I'm not going to go too much into this. I want to talk football, not fashion. But the Bengals are going to wear white for their seven road games, black for seven home games. We're going to see them in the orange look, which is a really cool look for a Steelers game. And then they're going to have everyone's new favorite, the white Bengal with the white helmet. And they're going to have that for the two Monday night games with the Rams and the Jaguars. Personally, I've said this before, I I love the white look, definitely. But I'm a fan of the black on black. So we're going to get to see that or some variation of that seven times. So I'm a happy man there. But every uniform that we wear is cool. And then back to the Elizabeth Blackburn effect. They're really sprucing up Paycor Stadium. And having that big deal and getting the stadium contract money, the stadium naming money has really helped them and they're putting up new video boards. There's going to be murals and banners. The place is going to be like a museum. They're redesigning some bars. They're making everything a little more hip. There's going to be new concessions, different foods. They're going to have that jungle-themed photo set that they used in the preseason. Fans can actually go and take pictures. They're going to have an interactive map. I mean, they're just doing a whole bunch of things that illustrate what I said about bringing this team and this stadium into the modern era, and they're going to make going to that stadium one of the greatest experiences in football. All right, so let's talk about some transactions. There's been quite a few since the preseason started. The biggest one, I guess, is Logan Wilson extending for four years at $37 million. I think that's a bargain. He was one of the ones I was worried about. You know, this year we knew it was like, we need to re-up Burrow, we need to re-up Higgins, and we need to re-up Logan Wilson. And in my opinion, they got Logan Wilson done for cheap. I mean, they took some of that Nixon money and combined it with basically an average starter linebacker money. And there you go. Logan Wilson is in the fold for four more years. We're going to have him and Pratt for the foreseeable future. It's a really good thing for the defense and this organization. Logan Wilson has really come into his own. The first year he was in the league, I was like, is this guy strong enough to play this position? And from there, he just took off. Yes, he was strong enough. Hard-hitting, rangy, plays very well against the pass, a threat to intercept the ball, sideline-to-sideline tackling, your leadership. You're seeing it all out of Logan Wilson, showing up in big games. So we got ourselves a big-time player, and he's going to be around for a while. Great move by the organization. So one down, two to go. Wilson down, Burrow Higgins left to go. 
They extended Trey Hendrickson for another year, so we have him till 2025. And now when you think about it, you're going to have Wilson, Pratt, Hubbard, Hendrickson all signed for the next couple years. So they're going to keep a core of that defense intact. Now you have some young corners. You're going to try to keep Awuzie around, some of those guys. You know, we're going to try to keep DJ Reader here. But for the most part, you have four very, very important positions of the defense locked up for the long term. And they're going to get younger on defense. As I said before, you're going to spend so much money on offense, you can't do the same on defense. So the solution to that is getting younger so the salaries aren't as high. But nice to see Hendrickson staying around. He is a major force, one of the best pass rushers in the league. And we're going to have him for the 23 season, the 24 season, the 25 season. Do you guys realize how good this team is going to be for a long time? Like, you can hear the excitement in my voice. We're doing all the right things. We have great players. We're keeping them around. And we're going to contend for years and years and years and years. Just such a great time to be a Bengal fan. So when Burrow went down, they needed to get another training camp arm. You can't have two guys taking all those reps. You're going to wear them down. So they signed Reed Sinet. He played a little bit for the Eagles. He's bounced around the league a little bit. I think he was in the XFL. I guess the big thing with him, he's a 6'4 guy, 225, got a rocket for an arm. So it's nice to have a guy like that in there. You never know what's going to happen. I think they're happy with the other two quarterbacks as backups for now. But you needed to bring in a third arm. Here he is, and that's the reason why they signed him. Lyle Collins went to the pup list, and I think that's a good idea. He got hurt a little bit later in the year, and I knew he wasn't going to be ready for the start of the year. He's getting up there in age. Still going to be a contributor to this team. And the thing about the Collins deal is it's performance-based. So when he doesn't play, it's not this really expensive deal. So as much as he plays is as much as he gets. So carrying him on the roster is not going to hurt this team financially. And what a great move to put him on the pup list. Let him heal up for six weeks. See how the Jonah-Jackson-Carmen battle pans out. See what's going on there. And then if, it, if, that's not, if that experiment isn't going well, you have Collins coming back week seven, week eight, somewhere around there, maybe around the bye week, and you have reinforcements later in the season. I think it's a great move by the Bengals. And it enables them to keep extra tackles around or extra offensive linemen around. You know, that, that means like your Cody Ford is probably going to stay around. It means they could take a chance on a Jackson-Kirkland by having Collins on the pup list. And then they re-signed Mitchell Wilcox and immediately put him on the pup list, so he's injured. I don't know what's going on with him, but tight end is a little bit thin for us, or a little, little thin at name guys that we all know. You know, Asiasi's a good blocker. They're, they're saying great things about Tanner Hudson, Irv Smith, Sample. So, I mean, there is depth there, but Wilcox knows the system. If all else fails, you have a guy that's already proven that he can play for you and, you know, play on a semi-decent level. And two unheralded players went on the IR for the season. Devin Cochran with a knee injury. He's a tackle. Devonche Maxwell with a knee injury. He's a defensive lineman. Tough for these guys to start your career already as an undrafted underdog. A long shot to make the roster. And now you have to rehab a knee injury. I don't know if they're going to keep these guys or they're going to release them with an injury settlement later on. I don't know really how all that works. But I'm pulling for you guys. I know it's this is your whole life. And it kind of, you know, got taken away from you. And I guess, you know, you feel a little bit cheated. It's, it's hard not to be bitter when you invest so much in this and you're a long shot and you're trying to make the team. And now you have another barrier in your way, such as a, a knee injury or a tear to a ligament in your knee. As far as Cochran goes, I don't know if he was going to make the squad anyway. Maxwell, I'm sure he was going to make the practice squad. He seemed like one of the undrafted free agents that had the highest ceiling, had a lot of sacks in college. But now both of these guys are going to sit on IR and we'll see what happens with their NFL future. But either way, I'm wishing you guys luck and I'm wishing you guys a long, healthy football career when you get back in action. Chido Bewuzie was put on the pup list and then taken off right before the first practice. So he's rehabbing. He's doing some drills with the team. He's not getting involved too much in the 7-on-7s seven or the 11-on-11s. You're not going to see him much in the preseason. But nice to see that he's healthy enough to at least practice with the team I would take it cautiously. Just make sure that he's okay. Give him however much time he needs. I mean, if he comes in week four, and now you have him for this whole rest of the season into the playoffs and and so on, that's a good thing. Rather than rush him back, have him re-aggravate that knee injury by forcing him back, that's not a good thing. So be patient with him. And when you think about it, Awuzier and Cam Taylor Britt and Hilton, that's a pretty good tandem of corners. So just get this guy right. And you can't go wrong. 
All right, onto some training camp injuries. Travion Williams tweaked his ankle. It's a sprained ankle. He's been out for a few weeks. That's tough because he's battling for a roster spot too. You know, a lot of people thought he was going to be the number two, number three, battling with Chase Brown for that number two, battling with Chris Evans for that third down back role. I think that Travion is going to make the team regardless of this. He's going to come back. He's not going on IR, at least to the best of my knowledge. And it's, it's going to be nice to have him in that rotation because he has been productive when he's been in there. But a tough break when you really are in a pretty big roster battle to go down that early in camp. But I think he's going to be all right. And like I said, I think we'll see him in stripes in 2023. Then a little bit of a disturbing one. Charlie Jones goes down with the shoulder. Now he's a little bit of a smaller receiver. We saw that coming in. And already has a little bit of a shoulder issue. I know he came back after two practices. You know, showed some toughness and some resiliency. But it's like, whoa, you know, you don't want to see those injuries happen, happening to this smaller player too soon. It starts worrying you, like when he starts taking these massive hits over the middle, is his body going to be able to stand up to it? And maybe I'm jumping the gun on him. I'm hoping that everything works out. Obviously, he's back at practice. We're not going to see him against the Packers, but hopefully we'll see him in the other preseason games because he's fighting for that punt return job. He's fighting for that backup slot receiver job. He was a fourth-round pick, so we're putting a little bit into this guy and we'll see how it plays out. Then you have Alex Kappa with a lower body injury. He was injured last preseason for a little bit and came on and had pretty much the best season of all of our offensive linemen. I'm not worried about him. Another guy, he's a veteran. He knows what he needs to do to prepare for week one. Let's just make sure he's right because he's going to be a major contributor to that offensive line. Then you have Trey Hendrickson, had a little bit of a leg injury, but he's back in action. You know, that's a little bit scary, but the fact that they extended his contract probably means that it's a minor injury. And again, another guy that knows what he needs to do to prepare for week one. Remember a couple years back, he was one of the guys that didn't attend OTAs and he went on to have a monster season. So good to see that that's just a minor injury. One of the weird ones is the Drew Crispin head injury. To my knowledge, I think he fell at home and injured his head and it's taken him out of training camp. It's almost taken him out of that punting battle. Really bizarre injury. I hope that he's okay. A head injury is nothing to to laugh about. That's not a fun thing to have to go through. He was pretty much the underdog for the punting job anyway because they drafted Robbins and the the early returns on Robbins have been nothing but praise. And Chrisman was seeming like the odd man out, but this does not help the case to be injured and not being able to get a, a good fighting chance at that job. So best of luck to him and best of luck to all these guys that are injured. It doesn't really seem like any of these are season ending at this point. And let's cross our fingers that we can go through this preseason and the gauntlet of three games and not have guys go down and not be available for the season. All right, so I've been watching a lot of the training camp highlights, reading up every day on it. So I'm not going to go into every little thing that's happened so far, but I'm just going to break it down position by position and just give a quick observation on anything that stood out, you know, either for good or for bad. So quarterback, right now, it looks like Jake Browning has the edge on Simeon. We'll see what happens there. Simeon is a veteran, nine years in the league, started a bunch of games. But Browning's been in the system, has a pretty high ceiling with the arm that he has and his mobility. And as of right now, it's looking like he's the leader for the backup job. Haven't heard much from the running back position. You know, Mixon, it's going to be business as usual. Haven't heard anything about Chris Evans. Obviously, Travion got hurt. Chase Brown, I haven't really heard much on in the preseason as well. Hopefully that pans itself out in these preseason games. They have the two undrafted guys but not a lot of running back news that I've seen. Wide receiver, as Joe Daneman said, Chase is having an amazing camp, looking better than ever. So, you know, you have that rookie year where you take the league by surprise. A lot of guys have that sophomore slump. Chase didn't have that. He just had a couple weeks of being injured. Third year, looking like he's just going to take off. So very exciting stuff there. They even had him returning punts, so we might see that from time to time. Now, as a careful Bengals fan who doesn't want to do stupid things that you regret later, obviously they're not going to have Jamar Chase returning punts on a consistent basis. But you never know. Maybe divisional rounds of the playoffs, third quarter, you need a spark. You put Jamar Chase back there. All of a sudden, you get to the 60-yard return. I mean, it's exciting stuff. It's going to be a threat. I don't want to see him back there that much for the injury factor. But if, if there's a team punting and you see Jamar Chase lining up back there, it just changes your whole mentality. Even if it's just a, a threat that never happens, it's still, I think, a clever idea. And if you use that maybe five times this year, just like you know, breaking the fire alarm and hitting the fire alarm just a couple times when you need it, 
I think it might pay off for us. So a very clever idea by Coach Simmons and the rest of the coaching staff. T. Higgins has been great in these practices, showing up, playing well, looking like he's on track for his best season as well, and not caring about the contract situation, just being a team player and saying, you know what, I'm a great player, the money's going to take care of itself, and T. it will. Every day I seem to hear something about Andre Yosevas making a great play, so we, all, we thought that that might be a learning curve coming out of an Ivy League college right into the NFL, a lot of competition at the receiver spot. But that frame and those specs and that athleticism are paying off a little bit. You know, he's catching touchdown passes. He's high-pointing balls. He's making contested catches. So exciting to see them talking about Yosevas. I mean, it's better than if we didn't hear anything about him. Trenton Irwin is picking up right where he left off. He had that huge one-handed catch and just been very consistent. So look for him to be the number four receiver this year at a low price. Someone that's just good for the building, good for the team and a fan favorite, or at least the unofficial Bengals podcast, one of our favorites. Kwame Lasseter is having his best camp so far as a pro, so we'll see what happens there. I'm a little worried about Stanley Morgan. I always assume that he has a roster spot like Matthew Slater. No matter what, your best special teamer, keep him on the squad forever. But there's so much talent out of guys that can do damage with the ball. I'm wondering if his spot is in jeopardy. And they, they want Yosevas to be a special teams guy and a gunner. And I'm just hoping that that doesn't mean the end for Morgan. I'm not positive on that. I just want to see how the preseason plays out. It's tough to say right now, but, you know, we reserve that seventh wide receiver spot for a special teams guy. But when you're bringing in all these pass catchers, that is a little bit threatened. And I want to see Morgan in stripes for the long term. He's done a lot for us. He's a great player. We'll see how that plays out. I don't want to make any analysis on that yet, but I just want to make you guys aware that that is a possibility. And as far as the undrafteds go, I haven't heard much about them. Carter, Hippenhammer, Jackson, not much going on with those guys. So those guys are probably looking at practice squad spots if they're going to make the team at all. But again, they have a couple weeks of preseason games and a little more time to show what they've, what they've got. But there's a lot of guys in front of them right now. Tight end, Irv Smith has been impressing, running great routes, making some big plays in practice. And they're raving about Tanner Hudson. You know, he's been in the league for a few years, has has played a handful of NFL games. He's working out as the backup long snapper, which hopefully goes better than Mitchell Wilcox last year. But the early returns on Hudson looks like he's going to be one of those guys that you kind of never heard of that's going to make the squad. And I hope preseason plays out like that for him. I hope he has an amazing preseason and we find this diamond in the rough at tight end that we didn't even really know that we had. Offensive line, Orlando Brown has just been a leader. He had the big scrap with Hendrickson on the first practice, which, I mean, they're friends. No harm, no foul, but it's nice to see the intensity. You know, I'm the best, you're the best, and I'm not giving an inch. And that's how pretty much probably how that fight broke out. There was an interview with Orlando Brown on NFL Network, and he was charismatic and cool and grateful to be in Cincinnati. And remember, he's a player we're going to have for a few years too. So if he continues to play like he has the first few years of his career... That's another big piece for our future. Cordell Volson put on 10 pounds and still has his movement skills, and he was on the upswing last year, so maybe we do have this long-term guard at a, at a pretty inexpensive price right now. So i like to see that. 10 extra pounds at the guard position will never hurt you. Right tackle, we're seeing Jonah as the one, and Jackson Carmen battling him for two, and Cody Ford for three, and then everyone else kind of in the wings and again, we have Lyle Collins waiting to see what, what happens with these guys. I don't know how that battle's going to work out. Jonah has the edge, but we'll see how Carmen plays. If Carmen plays like he did in the playoffs last year, he will beat out Jonah. Max Sharping, in addition to playing guard and a little bit of tackle, they're trying him out at center, so that's going to be a battle for Trey Hill. Because if Sharping can play effective guard and also be the backup center, they're not going to need Hill, who's really more of a pure center who kind of plays guard. So that's an experiment that they're trying that I like. We'll see what happens there. And Jackson Kirkland, the only undrafted free agent offensive lineman that we brought in, basically the only offensive lineman that we brought in through the draft in the college class, and they're saying the returns on him have been amazing. He's massive. He has good movement skills. He was predicted to go higher in the draft than being undrafted, and maybe we have a diamond in the rough there. Don't think that this guy might not make the roster. But that's going to play out in these preseason games. It's going to depend on everyone's health and whatnot. But it's nice to see an undrafted offensive lineman panning out. I mean, that's like a gift. 
Haven't heard much about the defensive line. Uh, business as usual there. We're deep at defensive end. We're deep at defensive tackle. Haven't heard much on Miles Murphy, except that they might try him at special teams. I don't like it. I, I want to see them saying he's threatening to be a starting defensive end, not, hey, we're thinking about putting him on special teams. But I guess you want to use him as much as you can. If he's got good movement and good speed, it's not going to hurt to have him on, on special teams. But I'd rather them be talking about his pass rushing but again, he's got a few preseason games to have that play out. He's definitely in their plans. He's definitely going to be in the rotation. It's just a matter of him getting more snaps, more experience, and he's got great guys to learn behind. Haven't heard much on the linebacker position either, and there's a bunch of undrafteds that are battling. I'm sure we're going to see the same cast of characters as usual. You're going to see Logan Wilson, Pratt, Davis Gaither, Marcus Bailey, Joe Bocci, other guys all battling for spots. But again, no one has really made any standout plays or anything that I've heard out of training camp so far. Corner's been a nice surprise. You know about Cam Taylor Britt. Hilton's having a good camp. But DJ Turner and DJ Ivy are playing well. I mean, they're talking about Turner being one of the best players in training camp so far. That is such a gift to draft a second-round corner who seems like he's going to pan out. And think about that for the future. Hopefully they keep a woozy around. Obviously, he's at the top of the league. But if they can't afford them because of these offensive contracts, you have Cam Taylor-Britt, a second-rounder, and you have DJ Turner, a second-rounder, who aren't expensive. So that could bode well for the future. Regardless, he's playing well now. And DJ Ivy, that seventh-rounder that, personally, I was like, I don't know if this guy's going to make the team. And he's been playing outstanding. So just like having a Jackson Kirkland work out as an undrafted offensive lineman, having a seventh-round corner who's showing up and Looks like he, he can actually play in this league. Jalen Davis is continuing to play well, like he has his whole career. And they said that he could start for most of the teams in the NFL. He just happens to be behind one of the best slot corners in the league. But that's great stuff to hear with the cornerback room. We have great starters. We have great depth. The rookies are panning out. The guys that have been here a while are panning out. I like Alan George, too. I mean, we just have a ton of guys at a position where some teams can't even field two good guys. And haven't heard much about safety. And I'm really wondering about Dax Hill, and we're all crossing our fingers that that experiment works out. Nick Scott, we're crossing our fingers that that experiment works out. And they're saying that Jordan Battle hasn't practiced much, and I don't even know what that means. I haven't seen any injury designation on him, but I haven't heard anything about him out of, out of camp. I'm in the Before training camp, they were saying that he was grasping the system well, but since training camp has started, I haven't seen any highlight reels. I haven't heard any you know big headlines on him. So I'm not going to lie, a little worried about safety right now. And then on to special teams, McPherson is kicking excellently, and you know he's never a worry for us. And it looks like Brad Robbins is going to be our punter with some amazing hang time and able to kick directionally. So a draft pick that seems like it's going to work out at a tough position. Exciting stuff there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, so let's briefly talk about the first preseason game against the Packers. As I'm recording this, the Bengals are wrapping up their first joint practice with the Packers. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know who's fighting who. I don't know who's swinging around helmets like Aaron Donald. I don't know who got hurt. I don't know any of that stuff. But to my knowledge, here's what I'm going to say going into the Packers game. And I'm just going to run down everything very quickly. What can you say about a preseason game? Except that I'm so excited to watch Bengals football again because it's like the floodgates open right now, right? We have this preseason game. And again, we wait for these preseason games. They're never as exciting as we think. But it's Bengals football. You get to see your draft picks. You get to see the bottom of the roster and what they can do. And you get excited about guys that might not even get a bunch of worthy snaps this year. But I don't care. It's Bengals football. Here it is. So to blast through it, my prediction is you're going to see Browning play most of the first half, Simeon play most of the second half, Sinette maybe gets in there late, but you want to see Browning get a lot of time in there just to see how he adjusts. You know, Simeon's played in the NFL for a while, so I say get Browning. I would say play Browning for the whole first half and just see what he's about. He had a good preseason last year, and the experience will only benefit him. He's one guy that you don't want to protect right now. 
you want to get as much experience as he can get, as the, as is going to be the case with a lot of these rookies that I'm going to mention in a moment. Which brings me to running back. I want to see Chase Brown get a lot of action. I want to see Chris Evans get a lot of action. Obviously, we're not going to see Mixon or Travion Williams. They're high on Jacob Saylor's. Calvin Tyler's going to get action. So let's see. You know, I, I like Chris Evans. The Bengals coaching staff doesn't seem to. I don't understand why they don't use him. But we're going to get a chance to see all these guys play. I'm excited. And I guarantee all four guys that I mentioned, Brown, Evans, Sailors, Tyler, are all going to get action in these preseason games. So we can really see what we have there. And we're going to have a, a strong room of four running backs. And I'm sure one of these guys is going to be on the practice squad. Wide receiver, I'm excited about seeing Yosevas. Irwin's going to get his action. They're going to put Morgan in there to see what he can do from scrimmage. Trent Taylor's fighting for his life. I think he's going to be a casualty. That's as long as Charlie Jones stays healthy, but Charlie Jones, we're not going to see this game. So Taylor has a chance to maybe solidify his position. But, you know, you could see the writing on the wall. They're going to be going for youth here. But either way, we're going to see all these players. Lassiter having a great camp. We're going to see him. So Yosevas, Irwin, Morgan, Taylor, Lassiter, exciting. And then the undrafteds hopefully get a shot. The guys that we haven't heard much of. You know, maybe Malachi Carter or Mac Hippenhammer or Shed Jackson makes some standout plays, and you just never know. You know, if the light goes on and these guys have amazing games, maybe they find themselves at the bottom of the roster or on the practice squad. Tight end, we're going to see exactly what's going on with Tanner Hudson. We're going to see Asi Asi. I'm sure you're even going to see Drew Sample. You won't see Irv Smith. But I'm excited to see Hudson based on what they're talking about in the preseason you know, let's let's let him be a crutch for Browning and Simeon and see how well of a blocker he is and see if he has any big catches. Offensive line, I don't think you're going to see any starters. And even though Jonah's battling for a job with that knee situation, I don't think you're going to see him either. So you're probably going to see some Jackson Carmen, not much. You're definitely going to see a lot of Cody Ford. You're going to see Trey Hill battling in there with Sharping. You're going to see a lot of Kirkland as well. So those are the guys I'm kind of excited about seeing. And I want to see Carmen. I want to see how he adjusted to the right side. The way he was playing last year, you want to see him come into this preseason game and dominate whoever's in front of him because he's you know, basically a first stringer and he's going to be going against guys that aren't. So this is a big showing for Jackson Carmen. Defensive end, the main thing I want to see there is Miles Murphy. He's going to get a ton of action. I mean, wouldn't it be great to be talking on Saturday morning about Murphy getting two sacks in this game? So we'll see what happens with him there. I like Raymond Johnson. I know he's a practice squad guy. Afterthought, no one thinks about him. Maybe no one cares about him. I thought he played well last year in training camp. They kept him around for another season. They're really deep at defensive end, so he's a long shot to make the roster unless there's injuries or unless he just really excels. But he has a shot at the practice squad, and games like this are really going to help. So I want to see Raymond Johnson stand out. I want to see Gunter take a step. You're going to see a little bit of Osai. You're going to see some of Sample. You're going to see some of Basham. So, I mean, there's a lot of defensive ends to watch right there. Think of it. Murphy, Johnson, Gunter, Osai, Sample, Basham. There's some ability there. That's a really deep positional group for us. And you want to be deep at pass rusher. Think about this. You want to be deep at corner. You want to be deep at pass rusher. You want to be deep everywhere. And this roster apparently is. But those are two premium positions. And it looks like we're overflowing at those positions. And I just hope that the starters continue to be stars. And I hope the backups push those starters for starting time. And, I mean, you can't go wrong, especially if you have low-priced defensive ends and corners on your roster. It's huge. So this team is being built so well right now, and let's just watch the barbecue. Defensive tackle, you're obviously not going to see Hill or Reeder. You might see a little bit of Tupo. I'm sure we're going to see some of Zach Carter, Dominique Davis, Jay Tufele. That's probably the rotation that you're going to see at defensive tackle. Linebacker, it's going to be the usual suspects. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt will not touch the field, but you're going to get a dose of Marcus Bailey. We're going to get some Davis Gaither, Bocce, Keandre Jones. I'm excited to see Jalen Moody, the undrafted free agent, and they're talking good about Shaka Hayward as well. And that's one of the ways onto the roster as an undrafted. I'd say the easiest ways to get onto the roster if you're not drafted are linebacker and running back. I don't know. That's exciting stuff for me. I love roster analysis. I love thinking about who's going to make the team. I love the back half of the roster, even though you're fighting for these guys all preseason, you're rooting for them, and then when the season starts, you know, this your number seven wide receiver gets like three catches the whole year. 
but I just love this part of it, so I'll, I'll just ramble and ramble about it, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. So let me move on to corner. We're going to see a lot of DJ Turner and DJ Ivy. We're going to see what Sidney Jones is made of. Haven't heard a lot about him in training camp so far, and they had some high expectations on him to replace Eli Apple. Jalen Davis is going to get time, and Alan George. So that's an exciting room to watch as well, even without the starters in there. You won't see Britt. You're obviously not going to see Awuzie. You're not going to see Hilton. But Turner, Ivy, Jones, Davis, George, that's a lot of guys that I'm pulling for and following that are going to get a lot of time this game. And then on to safety. Now safety, aside from your kicker and punter, I think that might be the only position that we see starters playing early on in this game. I think they're going to give Dax Hill some time. He needs the reps. I would give him some time. You can't fear injury at this point. He needs solid reps at free safety in the NFL. And with that said, I think we're going to see a little bit of Nick Scott too to see the communication between Hill and Scott. So look for safety to have starters out there for a couple series. And then hopefully we get our Jordan battle. Tyson Anderson is fighting for his NFL career right now. So we'll see some of him. Mike Thomas, they're probably going to throw him out there to you know make sure that he can be that fourth safety because he's a special teams guy, but you need a guy who can give you some something from scrimmage as well. So I think they're going to test Mike Thomas a little bit in preseason. So there you go on safety. Hill, Scott, Battle, Anderson, Thomas. I mean, just think about all the guys I named. There's, even though it's just a meaningless preseason game that might get boring by the fourth quarter because teams are just running the ball to death, there are so many guys to watch and be interested in. I'm just thrilled about this. Obviously, McPherson's going to be out there kicking field goals. Adam Midas is going to be snapping to Brad Robbins. We're going to see a couple Brad Robbins punts. You know, just we're going to see some... Coach Taylor play calling, even though it's going to be vanilla. We're going to see Anna Rumo dialing up some things, even though it's going to be vanilla. It's just exciting. I cannot wait for this game. It has begun. Hope you guys have a good time watching it. And I hope this quick blast through what to expect gives you something to think about. The unofficial Bengals podcast would like to welcome Chris White also known as Slider Art. All right, I'd like to introduce our next guest, a very good friend of mine and a friend on Instagram, has a lot of great takes there. He's always texting me, calling me with these great insights on the Bengals and talking about all these players we should pick up and things we should do. Just a really good football mind, a huge Bengal fan. Had a great time hanging out with him when I was out in Cincinnati. I'd like to introduce Chris White, also known as Slider Art. Chris, how are you today? Good. How are you doing, Frank? All right, my friend. Let's get right down to business. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your thoughts on what we did this off season. Off season was pretty exciting. Obviously, Orlando Brown was a huge signing that kind of ruffled everyone's feathers. You know, everyone's pretty excited about that. I'd say this is probably our best offensive line that we've had for Joe Burrow, and probably the best offensive line since maybe like early Andy Dalton era. Hopefully. Uh, with that offensive line shored up, Joe Burrow can actually pick defenses apart. So true. That's been the story of his career, you know, just avoiding all the hits and the sacks and, and still really succeeding. But now that he's got a good offensive line, hopefully a great one, he's going to have a lot more time to do his thing. It could be very good for us Bengal fans. Let's talk about some of the individual things that happened. So first, what do you think of the Joe Mixon situation with his contract and how they asked him to take a pay cut and that whole situation? Well, the fact that he took the pay cut is pretty big, I think. If he would have uh, dug his heels in, I, I mean, that was probably the best career move for him. You see what the running back market's looking like now. Just look at what's happening with Jonathan Taylor. That guy was the best running back in the NFL two years ago. And uh, he had not a horrible season last year. He was dinged up and says, like, I want you guys to have a little bit of respect for me. And the owners pretty much, like, shove it. You know, it was probably a, a smart move for him to do that because you're going to be in a, on a team that you're already familiar with the culture. You already know what your role is going to be. You know that you're going to win. And, you know, they just drafted Chase Brown. Hopefully you can play a little bit of a mentor role. And maybe we uh, just have Joe Mixon on some passing downs and then you just have Chase Brown kind of run it into the, into the ground and just – feed him the ball, you know, 15 times a game. Maybe we won't lose that much without having uh, Samaj P. Ryan. So, you know, hopefully it's a seamless transition with Chase Brown and 
Yeah, it makes sense. It, it seems like the front office is doing the right thing. Running backs aren't getting paid what they used to, and I and I agree with you that Joe was smart to stay around, maybe take a little bit less than where he would have what he would have gotten someplace else. But I think it's going to pay off with being on a winning winning team and a winning culture. What do you think of the Logan Wilson extension? Uh, great, great thing. He's as solid as it gets for linebackers. So he's all over the field. What was that? Two years ago, he had a, a huge amount of interceptions. Seemed like for the first four games, he had interception every game. I mean, I could be remembering wrong, but it, it seemed like he was just getting into passing lanes, and he's pretty good in coverage. He's a smart, smart guy. I think that helps him out a lot. Yeah, I think he was one of the big signings. You know, you're you're talking about your Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson. They felt like the three that we needed to bring back more than anyone else. So speaking of Burrow and Higgins, what do you think of re-signing those guys? Obviously, we want to. What do you think the possibilities are of signing Burrow long-term, Higgins long-term, and having enough money for Chase long-term? How is that all going to play out with the big three? Hopefully, Joe Burrow sees what Patrick Mahomes is doing and says, all right, I'm going to follow suit. I mean, the guy's a winner. I don't like Kansas City at all. I can't stand him. But I got to give some respect to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the guy seems like a class act. Like what he's doing and kind of saying, you know, I'll take a pay cut to get my guys paid because I know I'm going to make a lot of money in endorsements. And if you win and you're the face of a franchise, you're going to make your money. There's endorsement deals. There's so many different things that he can do. If he wins a Super Bowl and he's set for life, you know, so why not go for winning? You're already going to be making a bunch of money up on all of your endorsements and different deals that you have. So why not take a team-friendly deal? I mean, I think he deserves to get paid. He turned us from making it to the playoffs and first-round exit every single time to actually getting over that hump. And I can't believe we were in the Super Bowl, you know, two years ago. I mean, that's, it's, it seems like a, a dream still. I think you give him what he wants, but hopefully he's smart enough to – to realize that he's going to make a lot of money regardless. So maybe he takes that team-friendly deal and gets T. Higgins signed and gets that money where we can re-sign Jamar and then maybe sign a couple key free agents here and there and, you know, keep this team solid. I think everyone was kind of expecting that to be the first deal done. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking too. But I know they're going to get it done before the season starts. I really hope they do extend Higgins rather than like drag out into his last year and play that whole franchise tag thing. I'm hoping they don't do that to him because he really has performed so well when he's here. And speaking of that Super Bowl, yeah, it was so surreal. I can't believe it happened either. And uh, T. Higgins was on his on the road to being the MVP of that game if we would have won it. Uh, what about the draft picks? Who, who's caught your eye there? I thought it was a, a really good draft. I really was hoping we'd get Michael Mayer. Murphy got drafted. I was a little bummed out. After I ruminated on it for a couple of days, I was like, you know what? He could be good. And, you know, yeah, I think that was the first defensive end that we've taken in the first round since Justin Smith. How do you think Chase Brown is going to pan out? I watched a little bit of Illinois, and he looked pretty good from the games that I watched. I was hoping that we'd get Tajay Spears just because, you know, I'm a UC fan, so I watched a lot of UC games. So I did see Tulane play just because, you know, they're also in the American Conference at the time. So uh, he looked damn good. But uh, Chase Brown, I, I don't know. I think he'll uh, I think he'll be a better runner than Samaj P. Ryan was. Yeah, and I agree with you there. If he, if he can grab, you know, 10 carries a game, that would take a lot off Mixon. And I do see Mixon transitioning more into a pass-catching running back like, like he started to transition into last year. So what positions on the team do you think can be improved and how would you go about improving them or is there still time to improve them? I think we're in a good spot now. I mean, we have a lot of question marks in the secondary. Cam Taylor-Britt played pretty good towards the end of last year. So, I mean, you're kind of banking that he's going to kind of continue with that momentum with a bigger role, which is a little bit scary. And then obviously you're uh, you're hoping that Turner kind of can step in because you know we don't know what Awuzie uh, is going to do with him being hurt. You know, is he going to be the same Awuzie that he was at the beginning of last year and two years ago, or is he going to be a step slower? You know, it's, there's a lot of questions there. 
hopefully our corners will be good. Obviously, Dax Hill was all over the field last year. Didn't really play safety that much, it didn't seem like. So that'll be a pretty big question mark, whether he can step up and uh, take over that role and kind of be like the general. Because it seems like a lot of the uh, defense was kind of run through Vaughn Bell and Jesse Bates kind of running all over the field. And Luan Romo seems to really like his safeties. So hopefully Nick Scott and Jordan Battle, all, all three of them kind of can mesh together and we don't uh, don't lose that much. Any free agents out there at any positions that you think we should take a look at before the season starts? I know there's a couple of linemen that are still out there, like Dalton Reisner. I don't know if they would look at some uh, veteran offensive line and just have them as depth. That way, if uh, Jonas stinks it up, we have someone that we can at least try and uh, push in there kind of to, to stop the floodgates. Uh, you know, that's going to be a pretty big thing with uh, Orlando Brown coming in and Jonah switching sides. So I don't really know why we're expecting him to be good when he already hasn't been. I mean, he hasn't really shown us anything to be like, this is our guy. Obviously, I hope he plays well. I don't think he's really shown that. I don't know what you think. It's like he's kind of one of our weakest links on the team right now. Yeah, Jonah's career can be summed up as, as a bit of a disappointment right now. And I know we're going to have Jackson Carmen battling with him, but he's not a right tackle by nature either. So, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll take your advice and, and look to see if they can bring in someone to help there. So with all this said, Sly, how do you think the 2023 season is going to go for us? Um, I'm expecting to go undefeated, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, of- I think there's a lot of question marks, but... They're not, uh, they're not egregious question marks. You know, there's stuff that's like, if this doesn't go right, it's going to be a little harder to win. But I don't think there's anything that stands out that's like, if this goes wrong, it's going to be a dumpster fire. I mean, if everyone stays healthy, I don't see any reason why we don't just run with the division. The only thing that's a little scary is Lamar actually having a couple wide receivers now with uh, Zay Flowers kind of going there and the ghost of OBJ. You know, but I don't think Lamar's that good of a passer that he's going to bring out the best in those guys. I don't think he's all. I don't think he's a bad passer, and he, you know, he's clearly beaten us plenty. So you know, I'm not going to like fight with Lamar Jackson. But uh, I think Baltimore is really the only one that we have to worry about. Well, Sean Watson played pretty bad last year, so you know that's a lot of pressure on a guy that sat out for a year and a half. And uh, Kenny Pickett, I'm not worried about him at all. Well, Sly, it was fun talking to you as usual. I know we're going to be texting a lot in the offseason, and especially when the season starts, and you're going to be giving me plenty of material to take onto the air, which I always appreciate. How do people find you on social media? Uh, it's just slider underscore art on Instagram, and uh, that's about all I use as far as social media goes. Good talking to you, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me, man. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.